Hello everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks Live Sessions. It's great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you're here for the first time, Love Unlocks is a program that started uh, 16 weeks ago during this whole lockdown thing where I just felt God wanted me to get some people on the line where we can talk about how His love has unlocked their lives. So we had, we've had some great stories of some great people of how God's love has unlocked their lives and continue to do so through their lives. And uh, we hope that these uh, programs bring you some inspiration, some encouragement. Uh, please send us your your feedback, your testimony, uh, what you think of it, uh, what you think we can maybe add or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're online today listening to this, please tell us where you're tuning in from, where you're listening from. We've had people from all over the world and all over South Africa. It'll be so cool to hear where you are tuning in from. And please feel free to to give comments, to ask questions, and to engage as we go live today. It'll be really cool to hear from you. Uh, and this whole thing is brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. And, uh, and at Love Key, we minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we believe that our nation can be a nation of healthy families built upon Jesus. And that's our heart and our mission. So these conversations are also a part of that. Uh, I've got some great news next week. Friday, we no, next week, Thursday, we're launching my new song, Our Nation Belongs to God, and we're very excited about it. Please keep an eye out for that. It'll be so cool if you can share it. Make sure your favorite radio station is playing it. Uh, and I just want to remind you that my wife and I are starting our new uh, Let's Talk Marriage series on the 1st of October. Uh, it's a weekly, once a week for 10 weeks, we, we chat everything marriage. We want to see marriages do well and be healthy. And uh, we've already done one. It's gone so well. We've got some great feedback. Marriages that were splitting up are staying together. Uh, people feeling like they are married all over again. It's so great. So please come and be a part of that. It'll be so great to, to have you there. Um, I recently decided to start a new segment on Love Unlocks, and uh, I've asked my friend Picard Hen, who's a young evangelist, to to sh to share a weekly uh, message about evangelism and how, for all of us as Christians, it's so important to to always be aware that there are people around us that may not have heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, so I'm going to, he's made a video to share some basic principles and uh, I'm going to get him maybe once a week to share something and share a testimony and tell you how it's possible for all of us to be more evangelical in our day-to-day -day lives. So uh, this is Picard Hen for the next few minutes. Please enjoy. Hi guys, my name is Picard Hen and I'm super excited to share this word with you. I'm a young evangelist. I travel all over the world telling people about Jesus. Nobody ever stopped for me. So I decided to stop for everyone. Five years ago, I tried to commit suicide three times in one day. And on my third attempt, Jesus revealed himself to me. That was the moment that I gave my life to him back completely. Now I remember that even as a young man working, there was many people standing in front of me as clients. Nobody ever opened their mouth to share the gospel. Yet most of those people are telling other people that they are Christians. And you might be a person that say you're a Christian, but you've never led anyone to the Lord. I want to tell you that it's so easy. And if you get the mindset that you already gave your life away, you have nothing to lose, then it's so easy to share the good news with people. You know, someone once said that uh, we need to preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And it's a beautiful saying, but it is not biblical. It's not true. I'm going to read something to you before we go on. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, that how can people call on him for help if they have not yet believed? And how can they believe in the one they have not yet heard of? 
and how can they hear the message of life if there's no one there to proclaim it now if you read on just three verses in verse 17 it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god that's why it is so important to share the good news with people all around us the whole world is waiting for hope in this hopeless situations that we are in the whole world is waiting for some light in their dark situations that they live in and you and me you and i we are the light of this world we carry christ in us the hope of glory it's inside of us and we've got to share this with the world jesus said that we need to go out and preach the gospel why because people need to get saved god so loved the world that he gave his only son that's such good news i'm going to share a story with you today me and my wife went for some a washing machine hunting because the one that we had the the person that uh, borrowed this washing machine for us she borrowed for us for about three years and then let us know that uh she needs to come pick it up again so we didn't have a washing machine and we had to go buy a brand new one so on this hunting wash washing trip hunting trip we went uh we found a washing machine and we had to go pick it up at the warehouse of the specific store that we bought it from we came to their warehouse and there were three people working there so we got the washing machine in the back of the bucky and then when i was done i turned around and i asked them i said hey guys are you born again are you sure that today if you die that you would go to heaven are you spirit filled because the bible says if we do not have the spirit of god we are nothing of him we need the holy spirit jesus needed the holy spirit i remember michael cleonis once said that jesus needed jesus to be like jesus we need jesus to be like jesus Anyways, as I was sharing the gospel with them, they started to look at me. You know, uh, the Afrikaans were, uh, the saying goes, they look at, at you like cattle looks at a brand new gate. And they just looked at me, you know. And, and I asked this one guy, I said, dude, have you ever lied in your life before? He said, yes. I said, did you ever steal anything in your life before? Yes, he said. I said, have you ever cussed? In your life before use the swear word he said yes so do you ever look at, at a woman with lust in your heart of or at someone else with lust in your heart have you ever watched pornography yes he said i said who taught you all that stuff nobody he said i said exactly exactly nobody taught you that you were born in the sin the bible says we were all born in sin and isaiah 59 verse 2 it says that sin separates us from god but if you go to Psalm 103 verse 12, it says that Jesus comes and then he separates us from our sin. So there's the good news. Sin separates us from God, but Jesus came to separate us from our sin. He separated us from our sin. Why? Because our sin keeps us away from him. And originally Adam messed up in the garden. And now because he messed up, we all mess up. And now Jesus came to reconcile us back to the Father. The Bible says that he who was without sin became sin so that we can become something. We can become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I was sharing the gospel with these men and this one lady. And, and then we had someone join the crowd. So there were four people sitting and I was just sharing the gospel. And in the end, I asked them, do you guys, when you choose today, because the Bible says Jesus um, who was without sin became sin, meaning he went in the place of sin so that we can become sons of God. He went in our place. So if I come to your workplace today and I say, I'm working in your place today, then you won't be here because I'm working in your place. So if sin is in your life and Jesus went in the place of sin, that means if Jesus comes into your life, there is no place of sin. Now you might say, well, we're all sinners saved by grace. We, we were just all sinners. And that's not true. The Bible says that he separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. We are not sinners anymore. We are sons and daughters. Do we mess up sometimes? Of course we do. But the Bible says if we sin, not when we sin, it says if we sin. When is when you decide to do something, you have already decided to do it. It's when you are going to do it. 
doesn't say it, it says if we sin, meaning you don't know if you're going to do it, but if you do it, then we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, in the heavenly standing in our place, saying, I've paid that price for that sin. So if we sin, Jesus stands in our place. But here's the good news. If we choose Jesus, sin needs to go. But if we choose sin, Jesus needs to go. Which one would you choose today? And all four of them said, I choose Jesus. I said, great, let's pray. And four of those people got born again radically because they didn't even know if they are born again. They got born again radically, gave their life to Jesus completely. We prayed together, excited. I left, we sang a song together and then I left and came home. So happy to share the gospel. And I want to encourage you today to not pass anyone and just go and do your own thing and be about your own business, but be about your father's business. Jesus was about his father's business all the time. We'd be about our father's business. To go to the shop when you buy some milk, when you fill up your car, wherever you go, the restaurant, there's gonna be people that you are going to meet. Share the good news with them. If you don't know what to share, just tell them. Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life greater than your plans. He wants to take your plans and make his plans happen in your life. God wants to work through you, he wants to live in you. He is for you, he's not against you. You are the head and not the tail. Tell someone that Jesus loves them today. Nobody told me, so I decided to tell everyone. And maybe nobody told you, but make a decision to tell everyone that Jesus loves them. May God bless you and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Picard, for that. really appreciate your heart and your passion for Jesus and for evangelism. Every time I uh, hear one of your stories, I just get so excited to, to, do, to do better, to do more, to reach out to more people. Uh, so without any further ado, we have a very special guest today. Uh, many of you will know him as a former Springbok and uh, Super Rugby player, he, but he's, uh, mu what's much more important to him and close to his heart is the fact that he's a Jesus follower, he loves his wife, he loves his children, and nowadays he is an intern pastor at CRC Church. I want you to give a big round of applause to a giant of a man, uh, and he happens to be family of mine as well. This is Pierre Spies. Yay! Let's give him a big round of applause from wherever you are. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, Heinz. Thank you for the nice welcome. Of course, great man. To welcome to Love Unlocks. It's so great to have you. How are you and the family doing? Yeah, we are very good. Thank you. We are, uh, as we just said, very expectant for the churches to open up again. Um, we believe it's been a very tough time for uh, people in the whole world and in South Africa, but we are very good. We are positive. Uh, we are looking forward to see what God's going to do because every time the enemy has a plan, God has something better up his mighty sleeve. So, uh, so good. Great, great to be to connecting to be connecting through technology, but technology has its place, but we need to see each other face to face again. Pretty Come soon. on. Yeah. Let's open up the churches, man. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Absolutely. No, no, it's uh, it's long. It's long overdue. Um, so I, I love for people to get to know the guests I have a little bit better because they may not know so much about you. I'm, I'm fortunate uh, that, you know, we, we are actually family. Some people may not know that, but I, I'm married uh, Pierre's cousin. My wife, Aletta, is his cousin. And uh, we've had some family briars and family moments together. Um, haven't seen each other in a while because we've all been working on families and, and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, But it's great to have you on the program today. Thank you so much. Uh, and we would love to know, how, how long have you and Jean been married now? 
Well, it's been uh, where are we now? It's been going for our 12th year this year. Yeah. And, uh, we were very fortunate to be able to marry when we were young. Uh, we met each other when we were 20 years old. I was 20, my wife was 18. And uh, it's part of my testimony also, you know, God really just blessed my life uh, at that time where I became a born-again Christian when I was 20 years old and uh, where I gave my life to Christ. And then a month after that, I met Yohane and sure. we started just becoming friends and dated and so forth. So the rest is history. Now we've got three kids and uh, building God's King together. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's really been a special journey so far, and uh, you know I really love my wife. Uh, I believe God gives you the one that uh, He has planned for you. So if you are not married yet and uh, are wondering if God is hearing your prayers, He does, and He knows exactly what you need. So do not lose heart or become impatient, because God loves you and He wants you to be married long and very happily. I agree with that. That's good. Uh, how long was it since, uh, I think you, you said it quickly now, but just to remind me, how long was it between you guys meeting and, and you popping the question, knowing this is my wife? Yeah, just really, you know, did it the right way, if I can say it like that. So, because we, after I became a born again Christian, I just started getting involved in church and, uh, you know, started serving in church. And, you know, my, my career also really took off at that age. I was 20, 21, started playing for the Springboks and then... Um, we were just a young couple uh, in love, but we were in love with God. So we uh, dated for about two years, two and a half years, got engaged, got engaged for eight months. Then we got married. And um, yeah, we were blessed and fortunate to be able to get married when we were young. So, uh, um, but really marriage is God's way. And it really is the best thing, um, you know, if we, if we apply God's principles and obey His word. So good. I, lo I love how you make, uh, I listen to your testimony video as well. And uh, what I what stood out for me is that every time you speak about an aspect of your life, you immediately make it applicable to other people and encourage them. That's really a, an amazing characteristic <laughs> as you speak. I love it. Uh, what is what is the first word that comes to mind when you think of your wife? Wow, there's a few. Um, yeah, my wife's just awesome. Um, I think that's the best word to describe her. She's really just awesome, such a pure of heart person, and um, she's just somebody that's really hungry, hungry for God, but also she really loves people. Um, she's got a pure heart. Since the day I met her, um, and she was a quiet, quiet girl when I met her, and I want to say this also to people is, you know, uh, life, is a, life is a long journey, and, and God's plans for you is much greater than you can ever think for yourself. And uh, life is not about how you start, but it really is about how you finish and where God is taking you on mm. this um, that He has for you. And I just, I always use the example of my wife. She was a very quiet girl when I met her and um, never really uh, gave her opinion without being asked, etc. And uh, she just grew, 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 grew. And uh, today she's a very powerful woman, strong and bold and very full of confidence for the Lord. And she's a real blessing to other people. And, you know, you, your life can really mean a lot to other people by just uh, growing and, and, and accepting the way God made you and being comfortable in your own skin and then uh, living this life full out for the glory of God. Amen. So good. You've got three beautiful children. Uh, quickly tell us how old are they now? And, and also the same thing. What are the, what's the word that comes to mind for each of them for you? <laughs> okay, so I've got two boys. We've got two boys, uh, Pierre and Judah. 
and uh, Pierre is eight years old, and uh, Judah is six. And little Ava is our girl, she's three years old. So if I had to give one word maybe for Pierre, that would be, um, how can I say, I want to use the word, <laughs> I want to use the word intense. <laughs> but very much like I am actually quite, uh, you know, he's very serious and uh, um, he's sometimes very full of emotion and so forth, but a very special boy, um, very considerate. And uh, uh, very loving towards other people. He's very popular amongst his friends. And then my second boy, Judah, he's a wild card. That'll be the <laughs> so I think for the, the, the middle child. Children are all the same. He's a wild card. Um, you know, he's fearless. And, uh, but he's got an, a very, very soft heart and very compassionate towards people, especially, um, you know, people is fortunate, fortunate um, people that go through struggling times. And then our little Ava, she's a three-year-old fireball. That's the best way to explain that she's a fireball ready to uh, burn, uh, but a good fire. And uh, she's growing up between two boys, so you can imagine that she is really just uh, quite rough. And uh, <laughs> But she still wears dresses and uh, loves it. So I know one day she's going to sing, so we'll help her in that direction. Oh, nice. Great. That. <laughs> uh, we believe she's got a very strong voice and uh, um, yeah, so we have to carry that fire into the right direction. That's beautiful. Yeah, because you come from quite a musical family or at least your dad, I know, he used to play guitar and piano and very talented guy musically. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I, 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 I can play very little uh, that I taught myself but not as nearly as good as my father used to but we were, you know, we, we grew up with music and uh, I also believe that, you know, it's important to have that in our homes uh, to expose our children to music. And um, if I could have my life over, I wish I could play an instrument fluently. <laughs> so I started out with piano lessons when I was 11 and that didn't last very long because they started us out drawing the notes <laughs> I wanted to play. <laughs> So, um, and you're you like, know, I, I just want to play a song, man. What is this drawing yes, stuff? Like, <laughs> learn to play instruments here. So yeah, yeah. Do it over again. I would definitely, you know, finish uh, learning to play piano and guitar. Uh, and then, obviously, when you can play piano, you can basically play anything uh, easily. So uh, we are, you know, taking our kids there, and that they must learn just to to, to play instruments. And then uh, we always play music in in our house. Um, and obviously at church also, you know, kids are exposed to, you know, beautiful praise and worship, uh, to the presence of God. So we are raising a generation that's much, much different um, to many of us in, in, in many aspects. Yeah, sure. Um, I want to I ask you, obviously, a couple of more deeper, serious questions. But before we get there, I do need to ask you, because this is like a standard love unlocks question for all the guests, uh, just to show that we're all human. We all have our moments. Uh, can you share an embarrassing moment from uh, your maybe your career as a rugby player or maybe a, an embarrassing moment on a stage somewhere? Because I know things don't always go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> so can you remember something? There's plenty. Eh? So. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just humbly asking for one. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I, I'll share a story. Uh, actually, when I was little, this was this was not even when I was uh, you know, playing or anything, but uh, I, I share the story normally when I was in uh, grade two. There was a girl that I liked, and uh, back then we used to swap out stickers from sticker books. 
and I brought my sticker book to uh, <laughs> yeah. school, and we were busy. Uh, you know, swapping stickers and so forth. And I was obviously liking this girl, but I had a runny nose that day. And <laughs> this girl looked at me and she said, no, that she really liked this one. And as I, as I looked at her and smiled, all of a sudden my nose just blew a little bubble. <laughs> no. Oh, that's oh, bad. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's all part of life. I'm sure we all have had that. You know, I remember also, oh, you know, I had problems with my skin growing up massive pimples on the forehead and oh, uh, you know, are trying to trying to to look confident while you're trying to deal with your self-image and your um your skin mm. but these are things that we have to grow through and uh you know god just loves us and um we mustn't compare ourselves to other people yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> man the bubble that's funny <laughs> shame that's rough especially on a young boy oh my yeah. word yeah <laughs> What what would you say is um, if you look back in your your rugby career? I, I mean, you know that every phase, every season has a has a reason. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but yeah. uh, so if you look back at your your rugby career, you had many ups and downs with with your with your health, with uh, with injuries and stuff like that, um, and you've had lots of success, lots of awards. What if you look back now, what would you say was one or two of the biggest lessons that you learned from your time in rugby? Mm. Well, the great thing about sport is, um, especially if you compete at the highest level, it teaches you so many things that you can apply in life, which is so important. Um, and the first thing is, obviously, when you play in a team, you, you understand that you're part of the team and that you are not the team. Mm. Um, you know, the other thing is also you learn about not quitting you learn about uh, sticking it out. You learn about dealing with pressure. Uh, you know, many times we have played in, in, in our careers and you get you reach a place in a season where you might fall into a rut and into a hole. And maybe I remember in the times, you know, at one stage we lost. You know, if you lose four games, five games in a row, the atmosphere within the change room and within the training fields started to change. Mm. People are people's heads start to look down and this is where you have to dig really deep because the pressure is mounting on uh, you as a team and as an individual especially if your personal performance is under pressure yeah um those are pressures that you'd learn to deal with which is which is amazing tools to apply in the rest of your life sure you know that like i say you, you just the basic principles of working hard um, working smart working on your weaknesses identifying it um, so those things are amazing. And then you also deal with the fact of how fickle the opinions of people really are. <laughs> yeah. People, yeah. And I will understand because it's the same, you know, if you're on any public platform, um, you know, the people, the spectators are normally the ones that criticize the players, but the players are the ones that have put in the work, etc. They are the ones that need to be there, that actually getting paid to be there. So, uh, this is the nature of man. So whenever anybody does something great, they would want to pull the person down mm. and uh, take out all their failures and all their frustrations out on this person. So this is something you learn to deal with also as a professional player. And then, you know, something that I also learned was um, the power of 
social media, meaning in the negative. Mm. So, and this is obviously getting more and more, um, you know, even we saw this through the whole lockdown period, how powerful it actually is and how quickly people can fall back into their old habits and old natures, especially Christians, people that used to be Christian, all of a sudden fall back into old habits of their opinions about certain things and they forget the very thing which is the most important thing in your life which is the word of god yeah which and which guides us and uh, this has been a perfect example again the lockdown for us as believers you take a very close look at our own lives and a very humble opinion about our own lives and our own opinion and uh, uh, um, about the challenges that we face as a world so um, but to come back to your question sport is incredible the fact that it exposes you to other people, other cultures, other countries, for our instances, yeah. really are always the same all across the world. They're just in different cultures and mm. they face the same things. Um, and then it's just, you know, we, it's all about this journey that we learn. You know, life is about learning. Life is about taking risks and making mistakes. But life is also about having the the, the, I can say the humility to ask for wisdom and not to be um, know it all and to know that you are part of something that's bigger than yourself. Um, sure. So sport is amazing. It's very powerful. We see what it did through the spring box every year or when sport does well, the people are positive. People <laughs> yeah. are, you know, but if people really find their joy in the Lord, they'll never be lacking. So they will not have to be relying on the, 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 the sporting teams to give them a, a, a good time. But we believe that uh, many more people will experience that when uh, when the churches open up again, because we believe many people are going to come back to God and are going to be filled with His joy. Absolutely. I also think we're we're heading for a massive revival, and, and I'm super excited to see that happen. Um, sure, that's amazing. Uh, so that that's a, a you know some amazing lessons you learned from your days in rugby. Um, I, I want to just touch quickly also on. Uh, the biggest lesson you would say you learned from your father, uh, he, he passed away suddenly when you were quite young, 19, um, but he made such a huge impact on your life. Um, mm. Maybe just share one or two of the, the golden nuggets that you have always kept with you in life that, that he shared with yeah. you. Well, my dad was an amazing man and my mother also, uh, you know, the, the sad thing in my, I'm not saying sad thing, but people usually only speak about my father because he was also a rugby player and a Springbok athlete and so forth. But I have an incredible mother actually who taught me many things that my dad did not teach me. Okay. But, but my father was uh, an amazing, amazing man. And, and, and the thing that he actually taught us the best was uh, the power of words, meaning how you know, the way you talk uh, has a, such a great effect on your own life and the people around you. And my dad was a massive encourager mm. and a believer in people and a motivator. So, and I saw the impact that he had on so many people around him and especially a lot of my friends when we were at school. And uh, my dad used to tell us when we were little how much he loved us, how much he believed in us, that we would be the best one day and so forth. And as a child, you grow up hearing this the whole time, not knowing exactly what he's doing because what he's doing is, is actually reprogramming your mind to become a winner yeah and actually what the bible speaks about that death and life is in the power of the tongue and as a man thinks so he shall be so my dad was programming us subconsciously just through his love and through his encouragement that to know that we are winners and this is what the bible says we really are you know mm. we are more than 
us. And the Bible says that if God is for us, who can be against us and that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So, um, but in 95% of homes, children never hear that. Ch children never hear that they are good enough. Children never hear that they are uh, loved, that mm. they are expressed. You know, their parents might not be saying it expressively, hugging them, kissing them. Um, so I had an incredible father like that, um, encouraging us in these things. And like you said, I lost him at a young age. I was 19 years old. We also had our family problems. I'm not sure if we're going to go into that um, later in the program. But uh, that's part of my testimony. You know, it's not always, it's not just beautiful, moonlight, roses. We know how life is, right? All of yeah. us have our story. Yeah. The most important thing is that you just not become a victim of your story, but that you become victorious through your story. Amen. And use it. God will use your story to become your ministry for other people, meaning that all the experiences that you have, all the setbacks, all the failures, all the pains, God comes and he heals and he brings restoration. And then he takes you and your life and he starts using you as a vessel to impact other people, to become a blessing to other people. So this is what God's going to do in your life. So good. So if I can just piggyback on what you're saying, I, I believe one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest crises we have in our nation and around the world is fatherlessness. And it comes in different forms. Some people just physically do not have a father. Some have, there's a physical dad there, but he's not there spiritually, emotionally, uh, supportively. Um, if you can give a encouraging but also a little bit of a kick in the butt message to fathers out there in this time what would it be listen i think you know our our your perspective is your reality you know let's start there mm. and um you know just to put things into perspective we south africa has over 50 million orphans sure just think about that you know babies um um, um it's it's crazy to to see how many kids are born with without parents. Yeah. And how many kids have parents and so forth. So the brokenness is evident. It's it's really it's it's in our world. And the reality is is most Christians are not even aware of it because their world and what they are, what they are exposed to is extremely small, meaning the hurting in the world. And that's why we have to get out of our comfort zones and out of the world that we live into the world of pain, where God says we have to be the salt of the earth, meaning salt brings preservation. Salt brings, brings actually healing. Salt is the flavor of God. So, you know, I believe that the gospel is the way unto salvation. Jesus said that he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free. And I believe that like God created us, that man, man, it all starts with the man. Mm. And if we can get men to stand up for God, we can change nations. We can change our nations. We yes. Can change, Amen. Preach we it. Change, uh, uh, um, society and society is actually based on the home. It's based on families. Amen. And when the family starts to break down, society starts to break down. This is why the church is so important because the church yes. fulfills a role which many homes don't fulfill, where a lot of people find their place, they find their identity, they find their family actually in the church of God because they do not want to be at home. And we have 
uh, uh, many countless testimonies just from our church, even now through lockdown, many children that could not go to church because of the lockdown has, has, has gone so far backwards because the church was their escape. Sure. The church was the place where they went to because they did not want to be at home. Wow. So, you know, and that's why I say it's really, for, it's very important for us as believers to, to, to realize the world is very, very big. The mm. hurting really, really big. Mm. Very important for all of us to get off the couch and get going now more than ever. Yeah. So if churches are opening up, uh, and God is faithful, really. You know, God says, I'll give you a heart of flesh in the place of a heart of stone. And we believe that the greatest sinners will come to Christ. We believe this, that many prodigals will come back to God. We yeah. believe that, that even the hardened sinners, the most hardened sinners will come back to God. People that persecuted God, people that persecutes the church like a soul will come to the kingdom of God after this lockdown. I declare this. We're going to see it come. Amen. And I want to say this to everybody listening also, that you take a stand for God in prayer. You'll see how the hand of God will move in your world and you'll see how the hand of God will move on your behalf mm. and touch people that you never thought would be possible to save, but God is faithful. Amen. So good. You stay faithful in your prayers and you'll see these people come. Sure. That's awesome. Please share with us where did your journey begin uh, with with God? How did you give your life to Christ? And then maybe mention one or two landmark moments in your faith journey after that. I know there's not time for maybe all of your story, um, but there are some amazing moments where God, because I know from my own story, you know, you start with the salvation moment, but then there's, there's these moments after that. If yeah. you can maybe share with us uh, that morning you gave your life to Christ and and some landmark moments after that, please. Sure. So, like, you know, many people raised up in a Christian home, um, was exposed to church. My parents were actually in ministry. And like you said, my grandfather was also actually a minister back in the day, planting churches. So we were part of, you know, what God is doing, exposed to it. Um, those days, charismatic churches, you know, were almost like a castaway. Nowadays, it's the norm. Sure. And... So, but then, like I said, my parents actually got divorced when I was 15 years old. But for seven years before that, you know, it was actually, actually chaos in our house, um, extreme um, emotional trauma and so forth. And for seven years, it was very tough in our house between the, you know, my parents. And then eventually my parents got separated when I was 15. And like I said, my dad passed away when I was 19. So my dad actually passed away four years after the divorce at the age of he got divorced when he was 50, passed away when he was 53. Sure. And, um, you know, I was a young, talented man doing sport, mm. um, but I lived for God. And this is where people actually have to understand what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is somebody that lives for God. Mm. A Christ-like person it means that my life is not my own. Mm. And, um, you know, I was somebody that went to church for the wrong reasons. I went because I wanted to feel good or you know, tick the box for my conscience. And then later when I was in my first year at varsity, I went just to go for girls to see what we can see. And <laughs> church, God, church dating. <laughs> yes. So God came and God sent, you know, people across your path. And this is what God does. Why? Because he loves you and he will not leave you. So God sent somebody across my path that played with me. And uh, he started sharing with me, started inviting me to church 
And every time I saw him, I realized, listen, well, this is the truth, but I don't want to talk to this man. I don't want to see him. I don't want to listen to him. Sure. And then we were about partying again. Yeah. So every time after partying, et cetera, et cetera, your conscience starts eating you up. And my conscience completely killed me where I reached the point where I didn't want to go on like this anymore the morning after a night before. So I was in church uh, 11 September 2005. Mm. Uh, eight o'clock in the morning in CRC Pretoria, which was uh, back then in the Waterkloof High School Hall. Okay? Oh, wow. So, With about 50 people in the service, and I remember still Pastor Art preaching. And that day I gave my life to Christ. I surrendered, wow. so I don't care what my, people, what my friends think, I don't care what my family think. I make a decision, but I made a decision to say, Lord, I want to be used in my generation. Mm. I said, Lord, I want to be somebody that stands and somebody that really makes an impact for you, and I want to be used by you. This was the cry of my heart. Lord, use me to make an impact in my generation. And that's where my journey started, you know. And uh, this is what, something that I would always encourage people with, and that was a big part of my life, is the value and the importance of church in your life and being planted in a church. Because God says in His Word in Psalm 92, He says, those who are planted in the house shall flourish. Meaning, God doesn't want us to, to, to drift around, mm. you know, and, and, and eat of a menu. Yeah. Like, wants you to be somewhere under leadership that you can be discipled, that you can grow, yeah. and that you can learn Christian fellowship. This is why we are planted, and this is why God created the church. So, anyways, that's where my journey started. So, um, and I just served in the church. I was a, I was like a son in the house. I just started serving in church, and. Uh, just to talk about a few landmark moments, um, you know, after I, after becoming born again, God really just rapidly accelerated my life, rapidly accelerated my career. Like a month after that, I met my wife, like I said, then I got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then within six months, I played for the Springboks and the rest was history. My career just took off. I remember, um, you know, when I was a young man, uh, those days we were talking, me and my roommate, about one day we want to go speak in Hillsong Church in Australia and we want to go talk. After getting saved, within six months, I was in Australia giving my testimony in Hillsong Church in Australia. Not even sure how to give a testimony, but I was standing there. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> speaking to the youth. That's so amazing. God is faithful, but sure. really, so that's how my journey started. But like you said, life is about, you know, full of setbacks. And this is how the Christian life is, because if there's no setbacks, there will be no faith needed. Mm. And, um, you know, much injuries, setbacks, like in 2007, I had to withdraw from the World Cup during sickness, uh, many other things. Trust I remember God. that, uh, sure. Uh, I trusted God for my healing. I came back. I played another 10 years of rugby. And then there were many moments in my life. I, I, I just share, I will just share two of them, which really brought me to where I am today. And uh, it's funny how sometimes God will take you, um, God will take you somewhere to do something in you that you would not have been able to receive if you were at the place where you were. Mm. God will move you to get things done in you, and then God wants His work to be established. Because you have to understand, the Bible says that. In Isaiah 55, God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. Mm. Neither are my ways your ways. So it means that God's thoughts are much higher than ours. Yeah. And we have, to, we have to listen to surrender to the will of God and the plan of God. Mm. And it will not always make sense to ourselves and to our close friends and family, right? Mm. So um, 
I'll just share two moments. The one was, uh, like I said, I was always quite dedicated in the church. And one day we played a test, a Springbok test in Nelspreit, and um, the Saturday evening. And the, the, the Sunday morning after the test, I drove through to Pretoria because I wanted to come to church. And I was in church that morning. That morning, I remember we were still in the building project as a church. And uh, I was preaching a message and he spoke about extravagant offering. And he spoke about, you know, what is it to you that is extravagant? Meaning, and he spoke about the, the passage of scripture where Mary sacrificed a, a balm of oil on, on the feet of Jesus. And that oil represents, if you go, if you go read it up, it represents uh, the wealth of a family, actually. It represents a year's salary. It mm. represents, it's much, much value. And this woman took this and broke it on the feet of Jesus and this was her sacrifice to God. And God spoke to me that morning. He said to me, give me your spring mock career. And I was sitting in church sure. thinking wow. to myself, you know, God, I love God with my heart. And I said, okay, Lord. And because this is what also something that I believe, you know, the kingdom of God needs people with backbone. It has always need people with backbone, meaning mm. people, words will align up with their actions. Mm. And um, God spoke to me about that. And I said, okay, Lord. I give you my Springbok career. Wow. And I said, take it. But I obviously had my intentions, meaning, you know, maybe God will use this for this and this. And I had this ambition to become this and this. And uh, I gave God my Springbok career, but I sowed also my Springbok career. So I said, Lord, take it. Mm. No use that I uh, talk it and it doesn't uh, follow through. A week after that, we played against Samoa at Loftus and I get injured and I never play for the Springboks again. Sure. Wow. After giving God that. So now you can imagine. And then mm. I went, I promise you, I went into depression for a year and a half, but God did deep, deep, deep work in me. And that's what I want to say to you is um, it's in the valley, you know, that you learn who God really is because that's that is your provider and he is your defender and he's the one that has saved you. Yeah. And that's the testing of your faith is. And kind of long story short, that's actually where God actually in my life um, became everything and almost like rugby got broken over my life. After that, I played again um, and then I went overseas. I played a bit in Japan and in France. And like I said, um, this is just a build up to where I am today. I was playing good rugby. I was still my, my club loved me. They extended my contract. And then in the beginning of the year in 2017, I just prayed. I said, Lord, whatever you're doing in my life, I pray that you'll do it quicker. Okay. So God hears your prayers, right? <laughs> so sure. uh, I prayed that. And a uh, few months after that, we finished our season. And all of a sudden, I was still two years contracted. And the club manager just called six of our players in where I was one of them at the braai after the season. And they just said, listen, guys, we're sorry. We're letting you go. Just like this. Wow. My wife is eight and a half months pregnant. We just planned on, on living in France. We were, uh, you know, building the church there and so forth. Sure. Long story short, um, I phone my wife. I say, listen, this is what happened. And she said, okay, fine. Ten minutes after that, it's in the world media. And then I take my car and I just drive and I go sit next to a river and I pray. And I say, Lord, mm. what is happening? And I say, what is it you want me to do? Wow. And God tells me, 
it is time. He says, I want you to run for me. And that's when I decided to retire from rugby. Wow. So, and then I um, closed the book on rugby. And um, long story short, I spoke to my leadership and they said, we have to come back to South Africa, which I'm so thankful for because these last two and a half years has just been incredible learning in ministry, growing in ministry. And um, I cannot thank God enough. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, God is faithful. But um, there's many things in our lives which, which play such a big role, and I cannot even emphasize it enough, is the, is the counsel that you have, the, the, the wise counsel that you have, the leadership that you have, people that really speak into your life, that understand your destiny. And I want to say this, that God really honors His Word. God honors His Word, and if you stand for God, God will stand for you. God will build you as you build His house, and as you build the kingdom of God, God will establish you. So... The best is yet to come, right? Amen. Uh, great things happening in God's kingdom. Definitely, definitely. So good. Wow, that's powerful. Um, I have I have to choose my questions wisely because we're almost out of time. But uh, I, I would love to to hear from you. And you, you just spoke about something I think is very important. Is where I think it happens for many people where our callings that's linked to our gifts easily can become an idol in our lives. Uh, the thing that we, we say is for the kingdom of God, but it so easily is, is actually the focus of, of everything we are. And you yes. had a moment where you had to lay that down and re first recognize that it is an idol in your life and then recognize that, listen, I need to get rid of this thing. Um, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there must be so many young Young men out there that look like look at someone like you, other uh, athletes that have done so well, and say, "Yes, if I can only achieve that, you know, yeah. my life will be amazing." And yeah. I, I remember from my own life, I had this dream to perform on a big stage with a band, all the sound and the lights. And then the one day yeah. I had it, and then I went home and I sat on my bed and I went, "Is that now it?" You know, <laughs> there's this feeling of absolute you know, dissatisfaction. And you yeah. realize that that thing can never fill the, the void that you have inside. Yeah. Yeah. Have you experienced this same thing with, with rugby and all your achievements? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, you know, again, there's nothing that can, can, can substitute the presence of God. There's nothing that can substitute that the peace that God has, has for you. Um, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I believe God gives us gifts uh, and, the, and, and, and it's part of the the way God created us, you know, it yeah. is for His glory. That's actually what it's about. Yeah. So God wants us to perform. God wants us to be successful. But the reality is, is um, you know, I'm not saying everybody's going to have the same journey like me. If you were, even if you're a Christian and so forth, because not everybody's called for ministry. You yeah. know, the Bible says many, many are called, few are chosen. So mm. it's not for everybody to be in Christian ministry. I just want to say that firstly, you have to be very sure about that because it is not for everybody. Yeah. Because God has a place for you in the body of Christ, but not maybe as a minister, but you are in the body of Christ. You have a very specific place in the body. But um, just to come back to that, I believe that God wants us to use our gifts through the body for His glory. Yeah, This is what I believe. I believe God doesn't want you to use your gift outside of the body, meaning it's no use I go use the gift that God has given me and, I, and I, I'm a blessing to the world, but the body of Christ is not benefiting. Sure. 
if you guys understand. Mm. Many people want to do something for God outside of the church, outside of the kingdom of God, which is not God's way, because why did God in, in any ways give you the gift? So most um, Christian artists, things like this, people, all of them are somewhere in a church under a leader, meaning accountable, and then also they bring their gifts. And I believe this is something that everybody has to decide in their, in their hearts. You have to be able to come to church as a child, no matter what your profile is. So good. Amen. You have to be able to come and lay whatever you are and whatever crown you carry at the door mm. and come in as a child of God in the house of God with your family. This is what I believe. And this is just how I live my life all up, up until the days up to now. Even uh, when I was playing for the Springboks, I was an ushering church, serving, etc. So I just decided, listen, I want to be a child in God's house. doesn't matter what my title is. And the same with people that are in business. You might be a CEO, you might be a famous, but it's irrelevant to God because God made you. God gave you the gift. God gave you the ability. Now, mm. just become one of His you know, and uh, enjoy what God is busy doing and strengthen. This is the thing that I believe. We have to strengthen the body of Christ. Strengthen yeah. it. So good. Not uh, um, try and be independent and do our own things. No, God works in a certain way and we have to honor that and we have to work with God. And God will always take care of us. That's the thing. He will always take care of our needs. He will use us greatly. I believe that. Thank you. That's awesome. Um I, I, I love the fact that you're a family man. You believe that's part of God's plan. That's very much our heartbeat as well. And uh, so before I ask you to, to pray for people, if you're up for it, um, I, I would like to know what is, what is your, your biggest or your most important piece of advice you can give to people that are married and to people that are parents? So marriage advice and parenting advice. You're still young, but you've been in the game for a while. Uh, so I would love to hear your, your advice on those two subjects. Yeah. Look, I, I believe we almost have a humble and um, teachable spirit. Let's start there. I believe we, if you are humble and teachable, you can achieve anything. So, because we're not always going to do everything right. Uh, regarding marriage, you know, I want to start off by everything. The Word of God is our guideline. And if we keep it simple and do what the word says, and if we really have an, a relationship with God, God will make it clear to us. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus said, take out the, 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 the beam in your own eye before you, you know, look at your brother's, uh, what's he splinter in Afrikaans? The, <laughs> um, <laughs> the splint, I think, is in, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Or says, Afrikaans, he's so. <laughs> Uh, I, the speck. I think the Bible says the speck in your brother's eye. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right, the speck. So I just believe, firstly, you know, love is not a complicated thing. It's a selfless thing. We, we have to be selfless in marriage and we have to be willing to, to lay things down yeah. and understand the power of unity. So that's where I want to start with marriage. Mm, yeah. Unity is so important. Love and respect. And unity is critical. So if you have unity, God says, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Mm. So, and then it should be simple. If, you know, uh, um, you have to lay down certain things, you have to compromise on certain things. But if you love one another, if you keep it simple, if you respect one another, if you if you invest in your marriage, meaning if you complement one another and so forth. So there's obviously many things. I know, Heinz, you guys are doing this. So 
But if you ask me one thing, I'd say unity is everything. So you have to back one another. If you can get to that point, many other issues will be sorted out. Amen. So good. When it comes to family, same thing. With the more children you have, the more complicated it actually becomes because your time becomes less and less. So um, when it comes to family, I believe um, the right word is priority. Mm. So, you know, if you have many children, you must set time aside to spend with them. So you have to prioritize the time, even if it's 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes, maybe with a child. Mm. You know, and you take that ch child on its own, on his own, or on a, a <laughs> spend time with him. And you understand? So yeah. and that's, we have to be open to learn the whole time. You know, that's I speak good. to my wife a lot. And then I ask her, listen, how can I, how can I be better? Wow. You know, what sure. must I do better uh, to, to, to understand my kids better, but also to interact with them better? Of course. Yeah. You know, we want to do, we want to play with them, but they actually want us to, to do what they want to do. They don't want to do what we want to do. So yeah. we, have to, we have to learn to play with our kids also. So it's an ongoing journey. And I just believe if we are aware of, we are aware of this and we are constantly looking to improve as parents, you know, it, we will have great lives really. Amen. And we understand this also, you know, time is so short. Uh, really is short. I mean, I come out of a house that, that my parents were separated. So it's like, you know, in, in a blink of an eye. Mm. It's so we have to learn out of the mistakes of others and of the world. And then we have to make a decision and say, listen, God's way is a blessed life. And this is the one that we want. So we have to pursue everything to achieve that. Amen. So good. Pierre, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we almost have to say goodbye. But I just want to thank you and I want to honor you for the man of God that you are, for the example you, your wife and your family sits. And uh, I pray that your, uh, your, your the theology studies will go really well and that you will be ordained soon and uh, that you will have an amazing time as a, as a pastor there at CRC. And may you guys just be blessed and, uh, and favored in all that you do. I know that you are already. Um, as, a, as, a, as a final moment today, would you please, for those who are listening and watching that that may have been really challenged, touched, inspired by what we shared today. Can you just lead them in a prayer of salvation? And yeah. maybe just pray for those who are listening uh, and for our nation. I think we're in such a yeah, tough time in many ways. And many people are in many uh, tough situations. Um, and you've spoken into that today so well. So, yeah, if we, I know it's like three things. Let's focus on three things. <laughs> lead people to Jesus. Pray for them. Pray for our nation. Thank you so much. <laughs> Right, come on, let's close our eyes and let's just pray together. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day and we thank you for this time of fellowship that we could have had. We thank you for technology, Lord, that we mm. can be together even though we are not together in the same room, Lord. We know also that there's no distance, Lord, in the realm of your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. So even today, as you are listening to me, maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart and you have been convicted about certain things in your own life. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, the kingdom of God will not make sense to him. The kingdom of God, he cannot enter. Mm. Jesus said that he is the only way to the Father. Many come, but they are not the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No mm. one comes to the Father. So this morning, if you, of this, this afternoon, if you are sitting there, maybe you're just listening. God has a very special plan for your life, and God loves you. It does not matter what you have done up to this stage in your life. How many times you have messed up. God can do in a moment what you cannot do in a lifetime. God, and God can really 
reconnect you to the purpose that he has created for you. If that is you today and if you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. You know, it's not about going to church. I'm not asking if you have gone to church or if you are a good person because it's not about being a good person. It's about believing in what Jesus did for us and believing that we need him. Mm. If is that you today, I want to pray for you. I just want you to where you are, sit your hand on your heart so I can pray with you and just pray these words behind me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today as your child and I accept your forgiveness for my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you rose from the grave. I give you my heart. I surrender to you. Use me for your glory in my generation. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Father, and I just want to pray right now for every person that's watching. Lord, you know what's the need of every person right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you that you'll go into every situation, Father, where there's death. We declare the life of God over every situation. Amen. Father, where every door is closed, mm. we declare to be open. Father, we thank you that you'll be a God of recovery. You mm. are a God of recovery, Father, of restoration. Yes, Lord. And Lord, right now, we command those dead things to come alive. Amen. Yes, dead Jesus. dreams to come alive, Father. Mm. Dead visions to come alive in the name of Jesus. Father, and I pray that you'll use men and women that listen to this program. Father, that a boldness will come upon them for your word and for your people like never before. Amen. Lord, I pray that you'll use people mightily in the name of Jesus, yes, that Jesus. family members will be changed. Yes, Jesus. You are the God of the impossible. For Lord, your word says, with you nothing will be impossible. We thank you, Lord, that people shall come to the full knowledge of who you are that many families will be restored, that many churches will be filled. We thank you, Lord, for that which the enemy stole, Father. You will recover. Mm. That which the enemy intended for evil, you will turn around for the good of our lives mm. right now. Father, so I bless thank you, Jesus. each and every one that listen. I pray, Father, that you'll come in a new way, mm. that they will discover their purpose and that you'll bless them, Father, for that which you have blessed cannot be cursed. Father, I pray also that you'll bind us in your love, every believer of every church. Father, I pray that the vision of people will go far beyond the four walls of their house and their church, that they will see the need more than ever. Mm. Right now, Father, that you'll raise up people Thank for this Jesus. end time. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Peter, I would love to pray for you as well. Lord Jesus, Amen. I thank you for, for Pierre, his wife, Jean, their beautiful family and the ministry you've put on their lives. I pray that you will bless them, strengthen them and guide them. We pray that you will hedge them in with your angels, your wall of fire, with the blood of Jesus. And that uh, they will always know that they can put on the armor of God and be protected. I thank you, Lord, that you, I just want to pray Psalm 91 over them, that they, <coughs> which says that if we make... You are dwelling place. You will always protect our dwelling place. I thank you that you do that for them and that you just take them from strength to strength and glory to glory in every area of their lives. And may their ministry just reach more and more people. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you, man. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Um, I will, uh, I'll chat to you again. Thank you so much. I'm just going to greet the people. Uh, thank you and God bless you so much. Thank you.
Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Love Unlocks today and being a part of this amazing chat with Pierre Spies. Uh, it was so encouraging, so bold, so powerful. Uh, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, please join us next week again for Love Unlocks. Just keep an eye on Facebook page and YouTube and Periscope. And uh, remember, on the 1st of October, my wife and I are starting our next marriage course. It's a uh, it's called Let's Talk Marriage, and we do 10 weeks, once a week sessions where we talk about everything marriage. And uh, next week, we are launching the new song, Our Nation Belongs to God for Heritage Day. So please uh, check out that and, and make sure your favorite radio station is playing it. With that, thank you. God bless you. And remember, God's love can unlock anything in your life. Bye-bye.